Hello, and welcome to the IT Governance Technology and Media Podcast, Client X. This week's episode is an investigation into IT governance solutions for organizations in the information technology sector. Okay, so hi there, my name's Dan. Uh, I'll be hosting the show today, and we're here with Zach Rush. So uh, could you just introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Who are you, Zach? Uh, Yeah, my name's Zach. I'm an account manager with IT Governance. I work in the technology and media sector. Uh, My role is ultimately to identify clients' uh, requirements um, and hopefully discuss with them their scopes, what requirements they need to meet, and really how IT governance can help them to meet it. So let's talk about the information technology sector or subsector specifically. Uh, How can we sort of flesh that out a little bit? What do we think fits into that category? IT is accelerating rapidly. Live software is offered as a a service, software as a service for example, um, to businesses and consumers alike. Industrial and operational tools are hosted online as part of the Internet of Things. Cloud storage, data science, research systems, AI, machine learning, critical information infrastructure services, and intellectual property management are all growing industries generating active problems which require daily solutions. The main thing is that for IT, uh, IT related solutions, information technology, it's just broad, it covers everything. It's all IT. It's just or information technology. It's just information delivered by technology. Okay, interesting. So let's say I'm client X and I'm offering a software as a service. That's my business. And in broad terms, what are the challenges out there? What are the compliance problems facing these type of organizations right now? Well, the main thing for software as a service clients is that there's going to be sort of three aspects they need to consider. Um, and that may be where they, they are managing themselves or they have uh, outs- outsourced to a third party to help them manage it. So the three aspects are um, the them as the owner. Usually that's, that is the client, very, very rare cases where it's actually owned by somebody else. But the idea is you, the company, let's say client X owns the software as a service being delivered to the client. Um, so you need to make sure that, you know, when you're telling your clients, right, we need to process this data, whether it's personal data, whether it's financial data, whether it's sensitive data, it needs to be processed in a way in which um, you're showing to your clients is in a compliant manner or at least in a secure manner. Um, You want to make sure it's protected. You want to make sure that when you're getting third parties involved or when the application itself or the service itself is processing that information, it's done so in a secure manner. Um, And that then goes on to the second aspect where it's how it's managed and maintained. This could be by you as the uh, you as the company. So client X is looking after their own software uh, with maybe a back-end application or maybe the software as a service itself has that way to man- manage and maintain the uh, service itself. Um, but sometimes this is outsourced to a third party. So uh, maybe your service takes in the personal data but you outsource it to a third party to get it processed. So with that, you need to make sure then your supplier agreements are basically sound that your supplier is processing that data in a way in which you are happy with Um, and then that way if your client were to ask what's going on with my data you can clearly say it's being processed by us doing X it's being processed with the third party doing Y and then when it comes to hosting which is the third aspect you may be being processed somewhere else as Z which is where that data is actually stored. Is it stored in your own systems? Is it stored with a third party? Is that third party compliant in certain aspects, you know, 27001 or um, Cyber Essentials or SOC 2 or whatever? There's various compliance requirements that a lot of these larger organizations are, look, are already meeting as a hosting solution provider. Um, however, you can host it yourself. So actually you could own, manage and host it all yourself, keeping it all in-house, maybe keeping costs down. But do you then have the resource to look after it yourself? And then do you then meet compliance requirements that 
maybe other companies are already meeting, and then you're having to compete in the market. What's the awareness out there? Do you think these software as a service companies are aware of the uh, compliance challenges they face, and are they meeting those challenges? Um, annoyingly, to compete in the market, you're you're going to ask, you know, what what other companies doing, and then you're going to see that companies who are doing well, they're meeting compliance requirements. They're putting ISO standards in place, they're putting cyber essentials in place, SOC 2, etc. Uh, they're basically showing clients that they're going above and beyond for them. And um, not just that, it's internally for the company, for the staff, uh, and of course, just to compete in the market. So um, sort of, for, well, for SaaS providers, you've got um, for ISO standards, there's usually a trinity of standards, uh, 27,001, 9,001, and 22,301. 27,001, you maintain the information security um, for your clients, for internal, etc. Uh, 9,001 is to show that the quality, the, the, the processes you're, you're going through to deliver your service to your clients is of an internationally recognized standard and you're maintaining that, uh, that we're managing that quality um, processing going forward. And then last but not least is 22,301, which is business continuity. So what happens if your service goes down, disaster recovery, etc. Though 27001 does have business continuity in regards to information security as a sub-clause of the standard, um, it's very minimal and that's why there's a whole standard for that business continuity disaster recovery aspects. Okay, great. So you've talked about ISO standards. Are there any other standards out there that we should talk about here and make people aware of? Uh, well, obviously you've got the big one, which uh, GDPR you come across and of course uh, already come into play as NIH regulations as well. Um, with the GDPR though, it's obviously all about personal data. So um, you want to make sure you're processing personal data and processing has like 15 or different meanings for just viewing it, reading it, storing it, deleting it uh, and just transmitting it. Uh, pretty much anything, everything you do with personal data, you've got to make sure you're doing so in a GDPR compliant manner for your clients, for your staff, for your suppliers, basically for the best interest of that personal data's rights and freedoms. Now. Um, What's important is GDPR asks you to put in organizational and technical measures. So um, where compliance requirements may not be on the you know, top of the budget list in terms of what the company could be putting in place, whether that is to um, you know, meet client requirements to win new business or to compete in the market, organizational technical measures will include things like how better to manage your policies and procedures, such as information security policies and procedures, for which ISO 27001 comes back into the play for that. Um, you also got cyber essentials, five basic controls. Now these are you know five basic controls that help you to prevent 80% of the most common cyber attacks. So just by putting that in place, you're going to be stopping things like script kiddies, uh, automated scanning going on to um, see if they can exploit your infrastructure and network. Cyber Essentials Plus also takes into account device build testing. You're actually checking the um, the builds that have been created by the IT team are all on the same builds. They're not actually like specialist softwares going on. You haven't got different patches happening, which could then be exploitable. Maybe if one device isn't updated compared to another one, it's then on an old security uh, patch, which means it could be exploited. So these are all different ways hackers can try and get in and exploit your network, exploit your pers uh, client's personal information or your staff's personal information. So from there, you've also got, um, I'd say there's a big jump uh, in terms of, um, you know, considering the organizational measures to technical measures. Technical measures, we'll be looking at, you know, the actual security stance, what you're doing, what you're identifying, what vulnerabilities exist. And that may include looking at things like penetration testing and phishing assessments. Basically, you want to do the best thing for your clients by protecting their data in, you know, any way you can. But at the same time, it needs to be realistic in terms of budget. You could spend 
millions and millions on getting yourself secure, but you know, the problem is you have no money left to actually run a business. Okay, so on that, real quick, what can IT governance do? What kind of products and solutions do we have that can solve some of these problems? Well, we've got a lot of um, sort of standard packages on the website ready to go. Um, obviously, it would depend on your scope, but um, the idea is that you can see clearly on the website the, the various products and services for ISO standards, for cyber essentials, uh, for NIS directive, for GDPR, for penetration testing, staff awareness, training. We, we do a lot. Uh, Fair play. We kind of deliberately make ourselves a one-stop shop, you know, where possible. Um, and if we if we can't do it, then we'll point you in the right direction. But the idea is usually we can cover you with anything governance, risk, and compliance-wise. Okay. And what do you think is my starting point? What should be my starting point as a SaaS uh, provider? Uh, okay. So in in terms of actually, uh, you know, where the very bottom of you know the rung of the ladder, starting at the very bottom of the ladder, uh, cyber essentials, the most basic thing you can get. And the best part is on the website on our standard package we have is three hundred pounds. I mean, that is to scan up to 16 externally facing IP addresses, fill in an application, and as long as you, you know, pass all the questions, you've got yourself a certificate that shows you actually, you put in five basic controls, um, which you're gonna, you know, do better for your clients and for your staff. Okay, and then how do I progress beyond that and where should I be aiming in terms of the products and solutions? So Cyber Essentials moves on to Cyber Essentials Plus. Uh, Cyber Essentials Plus, um, I, like naturally moves on to things like ISO 27001. Um, if as a SaaS provider, like I said, you've got the trinity of standards, so 27001, 9001 and 22301 that can all be integrated. Um, whether that is something you actually get certified for or whether that's something you put in place just for good practice, um, so that way you can actually you know better manage your own solution that you're providing to your clients, then great. Um, the GDPR obviously is gonna underpin a lot of that with how you protect your personal data. So things like penetration testing and phishing assessments, staff awareness and training of your or competent individuals in-house, in, in um, as well as putting those policies and procedures in place. You know, all of that's gonna be part of that, part of the ladder of, in terms of meeting a point of compliance where you're monitoring, monitoring and maintaining that compliance to an effective degree. Okay, and in your opinion, in terms of future-proofing my organization, what do you think I need to be prepared for? Uh, you need to be prepared for the fact that you know you're not going to have the budget for this straight away. As much as you'd like to, as much as you'd love to just crack on with a project, have all the internal resource available to achieve these things within a couple of weeks, they're just it's just unlikely because you've got a business to run and you've got a million other things to be getting on with. So whether you outsource that to a consultancy company like ourselves, or whether you uh, get somebody trained in house. Um, so that you can crack on with it yourselves. There's different different approaches, and we can help you to be well, be flexible in helping you to find out what what that solution is, what that approach is. And then we've got the solutions to help you to get there, really. Okay, fantastic. So how do I get in touch with you directly, Zach? Uh, so you can actually go on the web website itgovernance.co.uk. Any one of the um, forms on the web pages on the tech and media sector web page, in fact, um, you can actually just simply fill in the details on the um, talk to an expert, and then um, one of our one of the account managers like myself will get back in contact with you as to discussing the next steps. If you need to be talking to a consultant, for example, uh, anything that goes outside of our knowledge of, uh, you know, understanding of products and services, scoping information, that sort of thing, we can get consultants involved. They're all employees of IT governance rather than third-party consultants. So it's very easy for me to go, sorry, uh, consultant X, can I please jump, get you on a call with client X? Um, so that, that way we can better scope this information, discuss the products and services, the actual deliverables involved with a project, etc. Great stuff, thank you, Zach. I believe we have a question for the audience. 
Yep, so it's all to do with the NIS directive as it was transposed into UK law as the Network and Information Systems Regulations, or NIS regulations, on the 10th of May 2018. And it aims to achieve a high common level of network and information systems security across the EU. You can find out more about the NIS regulations at itgovernments.co.uk slash NIS hyphen directive. According to these new regulations, as a data center or cloud service provider, are you a DSP? And what are the three categories listed as DSPs under the new regulation? We'll give you the answer to these questions in next week's episode, so please do subscribe or check back regularly for new episodes. Thank you for listening to the IT Governance Technology and Media Podcast, Client X. For further information regarding any of the products and solutions mentioned in this episode, please visit itgovernance.co.uk and select Technology and Media as the market sector of your organisation. You can then speak to one of our sector specialists directly, including Zach himself. You can also download any number of our free and tailored resources.